I want the mural to really speak about the idea of not being silent. Not being silent about your pain, not being silent about your struggles that you've had to endure. And even for our community day, that was one of the things that we told people to do before we started to prime the wall. Like, talk about some of the issues that you were told to be silent on. Put it on the wall. Don't be silent about it anymore. Get it out there, put it on the wall, we're gonna cover over it. So that was something that was important that we wanted to really bring home. In May of 2020, the citizens of Richmond, Virginia, took to the streets to protest racial inequality, police brutality, and the monuments to Confederate generals that line our historical streets and city parks. As a result, African-American artist and community activist Hamilton Glass chose to create a public art project that brings together artists from different cultural backgrounds to paint murals that start conversation and heal the divides between us. That project is called Mending Walls. Hey guys, my name is Hamilton Glass, and today I'm here with Mimi and hey. David Marion. Hey, hey. I'm glad you guys could join me here today. You all were on the Visual Arts Center for the Mending Walls Project. But before we kind of get into your project, I want you guys to be able to introduce yourself and let everyone know what you do. So, David, you go first. I was going to say ladies first, but you know. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So go David ahead. Marion, I'm a visual artist. I'm a painter, um, mainly a figurative painter, portraiture painter. I'm um, also a graphic designer, an architect, philanthropist, and a husband and a father. I am a Jane of many trades, master of nothing. I run a nonprofit of women skateboarders, mural artists, and graffiti artists. I am a longtime skateboarder. And I run a floral business, and I am a graffiti artist. And I do murals and community, different community outreach programs, mostly on my own accord, but sometimes I join up with different organizations and do things like that. It's a lot of ants. You do a <laughs> lot of things, Mimi. Well, thank you guys for being a part of this. Thank you. What I really, the kind of the first thing I ask everyone in this process, in this podcast, is when you first heard about Mending Walls, why did you want to be a part of it? Yeah, so, um, you know, me and you, you, we talk often. So I think when you first introduced the project, you came to me letting me know what the idea and the concept was. I was like, no doubt, you know, I'm going yeah, yeah. to be involved in that. But you were also looking for names at that point in time. So exclusive, we were talking through this, and I think at first we were trying to, we were going with weaving walls. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So what David said, what David's talking about is, David, yeah, we talk often. For those who don't know, David and I used to go to Hampton University together. I got to shout out Hampton University right H-U. now. So we got two H- Real H-U. H-U people in, in here. But yeah, so when, when I was putting together Mending Walls, David... David is a profound namer. Like he is at my website. David came up with my website. He probably came up with some other stuff too. I can't think off the top of my head. Dang. But he uh he 
I always go to David when it's when I'm trying to find the name of something. And I, yeah, I went to you when it when it came. I <laughs> yep. was like, we had like hey, a creative think tank trying to figure out what the name of the project the was going to be. Is, yeah, we thought it was going to be Weaving Walls, and then we found out <laughs> someone wrote a book book named Weaving Walls, and then it pivoted and changed to to yeah, Mending yeah. Walls, which I think fits the project a yeah, little bit yeah. better anyway. So, well, when I found I think that, it's a great name. Yeah, yeah. When mm-hmm. I found that poem in the Robert Frost poem, and just like fell into the meaning. I, I like a lot of Robert Frost poems, but fell into the meaning of it. I was like, this is perfect. This describes mm-hmm. the project. I was like, let's do it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot about that. Yeah, see? <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> but, um, you know, aside from that, the work that, that you were doing, I was already kind of like in that lane anyway, because I've been working on an artistic series um called media which stands for my existence demands immediate attention it's an acronym and what that does is it explores just not only the importance and the significance of blacks of you know african americans of what we mean to the culture and what we mean to this world it's just kind of like an uplifting series that just lets people know that we are here we are significant we are present and um it delves in a lot of the themes of what the mending walls concept was about so I was like, it was a no-brainer for me to get involved because it was right up my alley anyway and something that I really wanted to be able to express on a large scale anyway. I think I was really uh, angry. And finally, I mean, I just feel like since I ever first heard of Emmett Till or any person of color or anyone being oppressed or abused has really like upset me and then when George Floyd happened I mean there were several people that really hit hard but it just keeps happening and I was so angry and I needed to do something and I had done my own like you know independent projects to help get that out of how angry and upset I feel with my government with the people that are paid to protect and serve us. That mending walls was just like, that felt perfect. And I really like everything Hamilton does. I really respect it. And I've been a supporter of seeing a strong black artist um, succeed. I've, I've been really happy for him and uh, several other artists. And I just really admire a lot of the art community here in general and what like Hamilton does and how how he presents himself and I wanted to be involved for sure so I was really like honored and flattered when I was invited because I am not a a traditional mural artist so to be a graffiti artist and be involved on a project that I really cared a lot about was like cool and the fact that we were placed with people we didn't know so for me, I I actually get along with everyone I meet normally. So I wasn't nervous that I wouldn't get along with someone. I think I was really excited to be a part of it. And also watching the Zoom calls, I felt like that was like no other mural project I've ever done before, where we were getting so much feedback from different people in the community and hearing what people had to say. And I think that to me was like, wow, this is something very unique and different that's going to make a difference. It's not just art on a wall that like people are painting. It's like it's really some structural change within who we are. And then we can bring 
these stories to our friends. And I mean, I was telling my friends everything that was happening on the on the backside of things. So. Yeah, yeah. So and you bring up a you bring up an interesting point too that I just want to piggyback on the whole aspect, the whole collaboration with people that you didn't know, because I've only been connected to the black art community. So I've always heard, you know, the names of like the all the other people that was involved, but I never got a chance to like physically meet them or talk to them or have any conversations with them. I just knew their work. So the genius of the project was the fact that you brought two worlds together and you collided it and you forced them to have those difficult conversations and get to know each other in a very, very short period of time. And I don't think that would have happened otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Outside it, of this literally kind of yeah. changed the artscape. And it's, it's changing the artscape in Richmond, I believe, um, just because of those collaborations. And then Meet Me also brought up something that I kind of want to explain because I don't think I've explained any other, any other podcast where we, as artists, I would host a Zoom call every week. I brought a activist or advocate or some change maker in Richmond to come talk to uh, talk to the group and and, and it wasn't one sided either. I mean, we had people on mm-hmm. there who disagreed with one another. You know, one week might be Stony, and another week might be an activist who hates what Stony's doing right now. Um, yeah. And so it could be back to back, right? Or, and it could be back <laughs> to back. Uh, and I, I received a lot of feedback with that. But the, the the whole point of that was to bring resources to these artists and myself. I don't want to sound like I'm I always, I'm one of y'all. So, I mean, I know I'm the creator of this, but I'm also one of y'all. Um, so bring resources to everyone that we all could see who, you know, gravitate toward to, to, to be a resource and to, to see how they feel and be beyond one of the, one of the things that when I spoke to those people who I asked to be on was, Hey, don't do this. If you're not okay with, somebody reaching out to you after it because you know what I mean? Because that that's part of this deal. So I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. it gave me a second to talk about that. So when y'all got together and decided, Hey, we want to be a part of this and I put you all together. How did it go? Like what was, what was first steps? What was first steps conceptualizing? But well, first step was to have that conversation. We linked up, had a phone call, we had a couple. We had a yeah, we had a couple. The we first had long initial talks. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Good, the first good. initial conversation. At first it felt a little awkward because, you know, I didn't know Mimi. But when I start to hear her story and start to get into my story, then, you know, I was like, Oh, we on the same wink. We on the same page. We you know, we have the same ideas, concepts, we still we're we're both acknowledging the struggle that needs to be overcame. So, um, the, the difficult part for me was even with some of my friends that I have that I've known for years, we didn't have any of these conversations about my life until like maybe years later mm. down the line. But with the project, it forced you to kind of have these conversations like immediate because, you know, she needs to know about me, my background, what I came from. And we need to be able to make this a collage of our ideas and something that's visual that depicts what we want to convey. So hearing about her struggle, her getting into, you know, the things that she's had to endure, me talking about my life and, you know, how racism has impacted me being from South Carolina. So that was the first initial start to us just kind of like building on the on the concepts. She told me from the very beginning, she's like, you know what, I want you to take the lead on this because I think that your voice is, is really impactful. And 
important on this. But then she started talking about, you know, the struggles of the indigenous of the indigenous women and this indigenous people. And I was like, you know, we got to figure out a way to to bring that part of the story into this also, because I didn't want it to be one sided. I wanted it to be an illustration of the entire conversation. We had multiple conversations with our mural. And I think that's depicted on the wall. Well, so let's let's before we get deeper into that, let's this could you all describe your wall or just so people can kind of get a picture of it, of, a, of it if they haven't seen it? Yeah. So um, I started branching off into doing this kind of dreamy, but flowy and yet aggressive, like abstract where I use spray paint and paintbrushes and stuff. So that's what the background kind of looks like is it, it's re- resemblance of water but then it can be taken in all these different ways and I actually had reached out to um, a couple tribes and I have at least 20 indigenous artists that I'm in contact with that are also graffiti artists and muralists so I kind of reached out to them and wanted to hear what they had to say and David was totally cool with that we kind of talked about his concepts and then talked about mine but I needed to really reach out to the communities of indigenous people to see what they felt so that I couldn't just base it off of my opinion because I was not raised in a native home. Um, My grandfather is racist and my grandma is full Shoshone Paiute. And so I didn't grow up with many traditions. A lot of things lacked in my family with with those issues so I didn't get to connect a lot to my indigenous culture until I was a little bit older but I did grow up with um, my grandpa's totem pole in our yard so it's to represent our um, my great-grandpa so it's to represent our totem of our family and so I was able to paint that on the wall and descript that image on the wall and um actually um i sent a a photograph of it to david and he drew it up for me because um i think i had a lot going on but he's really good at like you know getting the the art stuff done pretty quick so he actually sketched it up for me so that i could depict it from the actual photograph to more of an image that i could um, spray paint i think that i probably would have changed the wording now like maybe like not not something cliche like water is life or but I would kind of change it in a sense of where it was more of a message about how we basically all need water but I summed it up in water rights for all because there's just so much that goes into that that I just didn't it was yeah I was kind of stressful of trying to appease everyone and then just be like, well, corporations, you know, they have a right to it, but not to the amount that they're consuming and trashing and destroying. So when you say water rights for all, it's just a very vague statement. So that I, I still feel a little stuck on that. But I think, I think that statement is still very current. I mean, I think it's very current and it, it's almost like a piece of art where right. it is a piece of art, but it's almost <laughs> like a, a piece of art where it, it can mean it's it's very broad, but we have so many issues with right. water. So many issues. That, with it. That's why I kind of kept it at that. Yeah. You know, there's just, I feel like there could have been more, but we, we ran into some um, issues with 
the rain. It rained for like three days. And then we had a lot to prep and cover up. So a lot of those lights, each light and sign took so much time to cover up. And and he was in the we middle can, of moving. We can go on for an hour talking about all the hurdles that we had. <laughs> I joke, yeah, I joke with Mimi. I said, you know, I got the perfect title for this mural. <laughs> We're going to name it Bad Timing <laughs> because everything well, was working. Y'all actually us. chose the timing, too, because yeah. I had our schedule for we'll, another week. See, but this is what happened. We won't get, yeah. it. We won't get that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we were moving back into our home from a home fire from last year. Now, of course, me being a planner, I planned the mural to start two weeks after our move-in date. God just laughed at that plan. <laughs> it was like, you're going to do what? So we ended up having to work on the mural the week that we were moving. So, you know, I'm walking in the house at like 10, 11 p.m. on eggshells, you know, <laughs> feeling my wife cut her eyes at me, <laughs> feeling guilty because I'm leaving her with two high energetic boys to unpack 160 something boxes in the house. Mimi gets in a car accident. It rained for three days. Food poisoning set in. <laughs> It, the list went on but and it was on and really on. it was really fun though because um a lot of my friends that are some of them were in the mural um project as well stopped by and hung out so it was yeah. it like a lot of people came to see us and it some days it was like a nice breeze and we were playing like some billy holiday and some r&b and it was really fun and so a lot of a lot of energy went into that. I don't think I realized how much that abstract background was energy that was going to take me with everything going on. And then um, we kind of I brought it around his images, which we can talk about. Even before we had a wall decided, I knew that I wanted to do something that kind of brought it to the protest. Just kind of scrolling through IG, a lot of my photography friends that's been out there on the on the front lines documenting everything that's been going on with the protests. So um, there's a woman by the name of Patience Salgado. You know her. She's a very dope human being, kindness worker, birth worker. She's also a very dope documentary photographer. So I ran across this image that she had of local hip-hop artists, and activist Aaron Brown. I didn't know Aaron at the time. I just saw the image and it really drew me into it. And I was like, hey, can I paint this as a reference for something I'm working on? She was like, absolutely. Let me put you in contact with him. So I talked to him. He was like, I would be absolutely honored for you to do this. And I already knew that that was the central image that I wanted to kind of like link everything else together. I didn't even know that Mimi knew him and they, you know, were really, really yep. cool. Yeah. So all this stuff was kind of seemed like it was symbolic but meant to be so the whole idea of that i love that image because it's him speaking loud passionately through a bullhorn or a megaphone yeah yeah i also really liked it that you also picked someone that is a consistent protester with what everything's been going on in richmond and he's a local rapper I, I wish and he I does a lot of stuff. That, like he's that actually was someone because we would have shouted. We've had a, a bunch of local people, yeah, um, ending up in these murals, mm-hmm. and we try to shout them out every time we can. But we, I Brown. didn't know, so yeah, we shout you out. I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shout out I didn't know. to Aaron Brown. I met him. He came to the wall after that piece was done. Came and took a few photos, and he's a very dope individual. 
across from that, I had the popular quote by Zora Neale Hurston, which is, if you're silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. To the far right, I also had uh, two images. We wanted to, I wanted to bring, uh, you wanted to bring the image of, um, Mimi was passionate about bringing the, you know, the image of an indigenous woman. At first we had, who was the reference that we had at first? Autumn uh, Petler. So we went with Autumn, who is a Canadian water rights activist and also an indigenous mm-hmm. woman. And she's like 16 years old, just out here doing like the important work of like bringing forth the right, you know, advocacy mm-hmm. on on behalf of water rights. So I wanted to tie that image into what, you know, what we had going on with the rest of the mural. So I actually painted my wife above her. And, you know, she didn't know that I was going to do that until. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. That's a whole story in itself. Because we need to see strong black women. Yeah, because I wanted to link, you know, the African-American struggle to the struggle of the indigenous and, you know, Native American community. And as women. And as women in general. So I brought bars down that represent water. But one of the things that I changed with it is I put I put the wording Flint on her shirt because I wanted to bring forth, mm-hmm. you know, the discussion, which is another Black Lives Matter discussion on the topic of us being denied our basic human right to free water. And there's still residual effects in Flint, Michigan. And clean water. Yeah. They don't have clean water. They didn't have clean water. There's still residual effects that's happening right now because of that. So I wanted to link those two things together. And um, another thing was the mass incarceration. We brought an element of that to the wall also, which are the bars that are like coming from Aaron Brown's body, which continues out to the ground to illustrate the fact that mass incarceration still continues. And another part of that was you've seen in the news where protesters using their right to protest, which is our very American rights. Probably it's a very patriotic thing to do. Right. To protest. Right. But still you see a lot of protesters being thrown in jail for their simple right to protest. Getting felonies. Getting felonies and, you know, so I wanted to to shed light on that also. That's why you see the bars come the hands coming through the bars to just bring drive that point home also. It sounds like the I mean I have hearing you all talk about I have even more respect for the background because it, you guys are touching and, and the, in the background is to me like this, like you said, abstract water, right? And it's this fluid movement thing. And you guys are touching on all of these various aspects of, uh, social injustice, but they flow together like water, mm-hmm. right? They flow together. And it's calm and serene, but yet chaotic at the same yeah. time. Right. Absolutely. The last thing I really try to ask all of the uh, collaborations is what do you see that your your mural is bringing new to the Mending Walls conversation? I think it does a good job at bringing multiple layers of conversations into the fold. We, one thing that we're really intentional with was making sure that our full conversation was captured, not just the element of it. Right. So we wanted to make sure that when you see our wall, you don't just have a conversation about, you know, the fact that, you know, we've been denied access to clean water or you you also have a conversation about the mass incarceration. You also have a conversation about not being silent and, voc- and being vocal about your struggles and, and your pain. But, you know, all these different layers of conversations can take place at our wall. And I want 
you to be able to go there and see something new every time you visit it. Yeah, I think you might have just nailed it. <laughs> I'm like, well, um, I would have, we ran out of time. I actually would have liked to incorporate um, more graffiti into it. I wanted to do Water is Life or something in graffiti lettering. I felt like there was some aspects I didn't get to put my whole self into, but I, I would have definitely like to add we were talking about how obviously murals started from graffiti but from that started from hieroglyphics from Egypt on the pyramids and so I think a lot of and then that came into all different indigenous cultures where people were cave painting and um, just different ways of doing art before it was like developed at this point and I think that I wanted to add some of that into the background, but we just we just ran out of time and it's just and then also adding some symbols of different Native American things and also uh, African mm-hmm. ancestral images and symbols so i think that's something that we would have liked to see on the mural so added more depth but maybe you should go back daily and just add a new symbol because <laughs> we still haven't signed our, our mural like th- four weeks later <laughs> so technically it's still unfinished it's not finished until you put your name on the wall so Ours you just never finished right yeah, it's, it's never man. finished it's, it's never finished, finished but you know and and us being true artists, you know, we always go back and be like, dang, I wish I would have did that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it but happens I, to this day. You I know? think when you say when they go back and they see something new, I feel like in that background, you're going to see something new because <laughs> there's so many layers. There's to so that many thing. layers to it. But, yeah. you know, that all adds to the conversation <laughs> and all the point that we're trying to drive home. You know, what what is on our wall is a fluid conversation, true conversation of everything that we talked about. Yeah, we vibed really well. I felt like me and him feel the same about like everything. So we were we vibed a lot. Yep. Which was cool. I made like a new friend, so awesome. I appreciate Absolutely. that. That's the point. That's right, see? <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate y'all's fluidity, pun intended. Hey. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um all I can say is thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This podcast was produced by Pam Hervey and Hamilton Glass, with support by Todd Hervey, Whitney Whiting, and George Parker. It was recorded at In Your Ear Studios and edited by 19 Red. Mending Walls was created by Hamilton Glass and supported by the Community Foundation for Greater Richmond and Altria Group. You can be a part of the conversation by participating in the virtual community gatherings hosted by the Drums No Guns Foundation and the Community Foundation for Greater Richmond. More information and link for registration can be found at the website, www.mendingwallsrva.com. Please keep listening for details on when and where you can see the one-hour documentary on Mending Walls to be broadcast on public television. And you can listen to other episodes of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 